Okay, it's Books of the Year. Matteo Acaripo's book is Black Buck. You can hear our conversation where you got this podcast, but this is the Q&A. At the end of the uh, the podcast, Matteo, we would, you just mentioned Stephen King's on writing. And if we were, if we were going to, if, if anyone ever asked me for advice, I would say, listen to Stephen King, read that book because it is, Mm -hmm. it is astonishing. And there was just one other line from that book, which occurred to me when I was reading your book. And that is when he talks about honest dialogue and people who write to him and say, I didn't like the language that this character used. Um, I didn't, you know, whether it be coarse language or blasphemy or whatever. And he always says, I am using honest dialogue i'm using the words that i think these people would have used and i think that's that's also something that comes through black book anyway this, this, is the, this isn't part of the q a it's just an opening observation so question number one what is the last book you really really enjoyed it is a book called the ones who don't say they love you by maurice carlos ruffin um, it comes out, I believe, in August, at least here in the States. Not sure about the UK, but it's a it's a book of short stories. It's a very short book. Um, every story is different, but they all contain the same visceral humanity. And I, I just experienced such a range of emotions while reading it. And I think that anyone who picks it up will, will experience the same. Okay, just give us the title again. I know people can pause the podcast. Just give us the title again. The Ones Who Don't Say They Love You by Maurice Carlos Ruffin. He had also written a book called We Cast a Shadow. Okay. Is there a book, Matteo, that um, stands out to you from your childhood? Um, I don't remember the specifics, but one of my aunts had given me uh, a series of books um, with the name of Left Behind, or there was a Left Behind series about what happens, you know, after uh, basically the rapture. <laughs> in in the world and and oh, all yeah. of that and it just scared, it scared the hell out of me so yeah that stands out to me um it just made me very 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 afraid was that read to you as a child Mateo I mean did you have that read out loud no 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 um definitely not my parents wouldn't be reading something like that to me this was my my aunt just gave me uh the book or the series and I remember that I was in my room locked in my room for some reason I was upset at my family or my parents I have four brothers. So think about that. That's like a whole basketball team in a, in a house. And I started opening up the book. And the further I got into it, the more shook I became. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, a, that's a book that jumps out to me from my childhood. Okay. Um, describe your book collection for us. Actually, uh, I can see some of it, but I imagine that's the bit that's curated so that we can, uh, uh, you know, these yeah. are the books you want us to see. But if we were... To, if we were to wander around your apartment, wander around your house, apart from complaining that the air conditioning was off and it's noisy because of the trains, <laughs> what would how how would we see your books arranged? Oh man, I mean, this is how you would see them arranged. They're they're arranged in a way where I have the books that I love most on the top shelves, and then there's a shelf dedicated to the books that I haven't read, and then there's a shelf of business books that I bought when I was uh, working at a startup that I probably will never read, so I should give them away. But 80, 85% of the books that you see on these shelves behind me, I've read, and and I'm not going to say that I love them all, but I've read them. It is an eclectic group of books. There are books stretching from the 1800s. There are books um, from the 50s and 60s and 70s. That's where some of my favorite literature, um, that's when it was published. And then there are newer books, just so that I have a mix of of contemporary and historical and older so that I could um, know what's going on today. Um, The books range from uh, Queenie, 
right? Which was very popular over there in the UK. Shout out to uh, Candace Carter-Williams, to Anxious People by Frederick Bachman, which I, which I read, to uh, King Leopold's Ghost. The, it, it, there's a range. Yeah. Okay, and and if we were looking at your your collection, there is there one author that that uh, that is standing out more than any of the others. Is do you have a, a favorite writer? In other words, um, I'm not going to say I have a, a, a favorite writer, but there are writers who um, I very much so revere. A man named John A. Williams, who has published uh, many books. He's no longer here, but um, the first book that I ever read of his um, was. The Man Who Cried, I Am, and they're The Angry Ones. There are just so many other books. Then there's Iceberg Slim, who wrote uh, a very controversial book called Pimp. And I've read other books of his, like um, Mama Black Widow and Trick Baby, and I just really love his use of voice. Of course, Toni Morrison, um, Philip Roth. Um, there, there are just so many. There are so many out there. But yeah, I can't say that I have a favorite. Colson Whitehead, of course. Come on, Chimamanda <laughs> Ngozi Adichie. We could be here all day. <laughs> yeah, if Colson is listening to this, he will have got to this point. Can come on, guys? I gave you the most <laughs> incredible quote. You better mention. Yeah, Mateo, me. where? Yeah. where's my mention? Exactly. Uh, now the next, the next question. I'm going to re- I'm going to give you the question exactly as we wrote it down. Um, it kind of touches on an area that we spoke about on the on the other interview on the main podcast uh so people if they've heard that will have a flavor uh of this answer already but the question as it stands is this where and when are you most comfortable writing what time of day whereabouts with music or without and how do you not get distracted so take it away answer that however you wish so um i will only write in my apartment in a corner facing a blank wall um, and in this little black desk that I'd found years ago in a, a large apartment building that I was living in, in an uncomfortable chair. And yeah, so, so that's where I write the time of day. Um, I mean, if people listen to the last podcast, they're probably wondering if I'm writing at like 9 p.m. at night, right? No, I'm, I'm writing <laughs> <laughs> or like or 1 a.m., right? Um, I'm probably I'm probably beginning to actually write around 12:30, 1 p.m. Eastern. That's the time. And I will write for anywhere between one to two and a half hours, maybe three. Back in the day with Black Buck, it, it could have been four because I had less time. Um and in terms of the the last bit, how do I not get distracted? I turn my phone off. Um, and if people have listened to my last routine, like I'm not, it's it's playful and fun in some ways, but I'm not playing around, right? When it's time to write, I'm I'm there. After the after the energy that I expended in getting myself into this place, I better not get distracted, you know. I'm I'm struck there, Matteo, that that you're writing in front of this blank wall um, because I think that also I, I'm pretty sure Stephen King in on writing says that he recommends writing in front of a blank wall. Don't have anything in front of you that is that is likely to draw your attention away. Um, Next question then, is there a book that you really had to sort of persevere with, but you, you, you're you glad you did? I've lost count of the number of books that I've sort of put down after sometimes only, you know, 10 or 15 pages. But is there one that you, you found yourself struggling with to begin with, but then you're really glad you stuck with it? Not many come to mind. Um, I'm not someone that puts books down. So if I'm in it, I'm going to finish. And even if I don't like it, I'm going to try to analyze and ask myself why I didn't like it. 
um, so that I could just better understand um, myself as a reader, uh, which I hope will inform, you know, myself as a writer. But one book that I absolutely loved, but was very, very difficult to get through was King Leopold's Ghost by Adam Hochschild. And this is a book, it's nonfiction, hundreds of pages detailing um, King Leopold II and the Belgians' conquest of Congo, the Congo. And it is just so illuminating of where we are today, um, globally, but very, very hard to get through. Yes. The Belgian story of empire is one of the worst, isn't it? One of the worst, yeah. Um, is there a book, Matteo, that you would you would like to step inside of? I always think this is an odd question, but anyway, where the world creation is so... Ex- you can only, Maybe you only stay there for a day or maybe five minutes or something, where you've read it and you thought, I wouldn't mind being a part of that. Yeah, um, probably Night Song by John A. Williams or um, one of the novels by... Uh, James Baldwin. I don't know if it's another country. It might be another country. Just set in the time in New York City where jazz was prevalent, where it was very bohemian. Um, of course, there were a lot of cons of people just being strung out on drugs and um, people just being brutalized by police without body cams back then. But I love that era of being able to go to Harlem and just hear jazz in the streets and being able to step into a bar and have a good time with with people like Miles Davis, you know, or, or Monk or just, you know, John Coltrane. That for me, I, I'd love to live there for a day, maybe a week, but I don't know about much longer than that. Is is there anyone that you've met through your through your writing career, Matteo, that that you wouldn't have been able to meet otherwise? We, I mean, we've mentioned Colson Whitehead already on the on the on the podcast, but is there anyone that you've that you know that that a door has been opened to you that wouldn't have been opened if it hadn't been for for your excellent writing? Um, most definitely, there are writers who I've respected for years who know who I am and know about Black Buck and support it like Kiese Lehman. Um, I've met someone who has become a big brother to me of sorts, Jason Reynolds. If, if you don't know who Jason Reynolds is, look him up. I mean, this, this guy is, uh, he's like a literary superhero um, and he primarily writes middle grade and young adult novels. Um, there's so many other people, Nafisa Thompson Spires, whose book Head, Heads of the Colored People, um, just meant a lot to me. Even Candace Carty-Williams, right? I loved Queenie and she read Black Buck and, and gave it a quote. Um, then there are, there are other people I'm just so grateful to have met, like my agent um, and my editor, and then even some Hollywood folks who I've watched on TV who got Black Buck and then reached out to me saying how much they, they really enjoyed it. Um, all of that means the world to me, but what, and again, going back to this, I mentioned this in the last podcast, what means the most is just having anyone who can relate to the experience that Buck has. And they say, Mateo, you've reflected my life in these pages and I feel empowered. I feel less alone because of it. Um, those are the people that I'm so happy to have met. Um, and just just before we go, Mateo, I, the, I didn't mention this in the, in the podcast. You're, at the end, uh, your acknowledgements, they're the longest, one of the longest sections in the book. <laughs> you, there are so many people that you want to thank, but you, you, I think you're thanking your, fa- some, uh, your extended family, some of whom live in the UK. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I got family. So my mom is from Jamaica and my father is from Iran. So you already know there's a lot of Jamaicans there and, you know, uh, a good amount of Iranians in certain places. I am a product of the UK. My my parents met at a disco in Bristol. 
<laughs> and then, and then, wow. yeah, they met, and then they moved to the states. Um, so I have family in Birmingham, Sheffield, Manchester, wherever some of these Jamaicans live. I don't even know. And uh, yeah, well, it's been. Uh, I think I think that your parents made a mistake. I think Bristol would have been a better place uh, in the long run. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Know. However, we wouldn't have had black. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we would have had a different version <laughs> of black book. Um, certainly, where they wouldn't have sold vanilla sweet cream old. Cold brew. I don't think we do anything no, like that. No. Anyway, uh, Ma- nitro boost tea. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Mateus Caripo, thank you so thank you so much uh, for talking to us. We wish you all the best. Thank you both.